I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, Shaken and Bacon. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Man, I'm just glad that Luca got those extra two minutes in the fourth quarter because that made all the difference. It literally, they won the basketball game. It, as soon as Luca checked out of the game with a couple minutes left in the third, we all knew it. And Rick, uh, I'm pretty sure, I can't confirm this, I'm pretty sure Rick saw Mavs Twitter uh, from the other night that this is what was supposed to happen. Luca's supposed to play more minutes in the fourth. And look what happens when Luca Luca plays more minutes in the fourth quarter. Wins happen. So, therefore, Mavs Twitter figured it out, guys. They got That's it. what happened. They nailed it. They nailed I mean, it's the just, rotation. It. They nailed the rotation. Get those extra two minutes out of the third quarter and into the fourth. Let's go. That, that was the key to victory. If, we, if you pull anything from this game, that was the key to the game right there. Oh, we love messing with you guys. Thank, okay, on the podcast today, we are going to get into the Mavs win over the Raptors, 110 to 102 at home. This was a, a big game for... Um, Man, this is a big game for Maxi Kleba stands. This is a big game for Seth Curry stands. This is a big game for um, Christoph Porzingis Tim Hardaway Jr. <laughs> so we're going to get into that game. Before we do, Isaac, I have a quick shout-out. Uh-oh. I have a story. Um, so I was talking to my sister on the phone, and my sister's girlfriend was with her, and she was talking about uh, at work. At work, they you know, she sits at a desk, and there's a person that sits next to her, and uh, – my sister's girlfriend, Meg, said that she was listening to her podcast out loud. That uh, was like NPR or something like that. And uh, her deskmate said, hey, you can just listen to your podcast out loud. Do you mind if I listen to mine out loud? And this is in Cincinnati, where she lives. Well, and I know it's not locked on Bengals. He hits play on the podcast and goes, and welcome. You are locked on to the <laughs> Dallas Mavericks. And she was like, I know that guy. So shout out to Jared in Cincinnati if you're listening you, uh, Jared. you work with Meg. Shout out to Jared. So, Did he go to Jared? If you're listening. He might. He uh, might. What? But he, he listened to Locked On Mavs in Cincinnati, which is near and dear to both of our hearts, really. And Jared, uh, we do we know where Jared that. works or like what kind of company? Uh, don't put me on the spot like this. Okay, never mind, never mind, never mind. We won't go there. I think it's uh, a social working company. I think. Okay. That's what she's anyway, going to school for. I know one thing about it. Jar- <laughs> Jared, shout out to you, bro. <laughs> Um, I know that the Bengals, it's a rough year. Oh okay? my gosh. If, if you're and Tua just broke all of himself. So that was, man, that was supposed to be the yeah. savior. And gosh, sorry. Um, it's a rough maybe go. AJ Green plays this year. Probably not. I hope not. But I don't want him to play. The Reds better year. People are excited about the Reds building something up. Yeah. Fun. Um, but the Mavericks, let's go. Let's Shout go. out to you for listening to Cincinnati. Hopefully it snows there soon, also, if it hasn't already. It has been snowing there. Yeah, for oh, sure. Man, it was like snow. 26 degrees the other day. God. So, All right, let's get into this game. Let's start out with the beginning. 
So this starting lineup, Luca, Curry, Dorian, Maxi, and Porzingis, we've seen it a couple times, I think, already. And I, this is the lineup that you and I agree that this is our favorite lineup. It didn't ha- the, the numbers weren't very great for this lineup, but this is our favorite starting lineup. It has the things that you need. It has shooting, you know, theoretically with Maxi, definitely with Curry and Luca and Porzingis. And it has some defensive guys. Porzingis as a rim defender. Maxi and Dorian as one-on-one defenders. They both played Siakam really great in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, Curry can give you some extra ball handling and playmaking, which he did today, which was awesome. Uh, Dorian was even putting the ball on the ground and kicking it out. Um, Harp had a great quote in the third quarter where Dorian puts the ball on the floor and he gets fouled at the rim and he goes, that's what he can do in this offense. He's really good at putting the ball on the floor. Is he really good at putting the ball on the floor? Is that what he does in this offense? (laughs) But he had some good moves like that. And then obviously Luca and Porzingis. Um, I I like this starting lineup and I think that they just need some more time to kind of gel. And we saw it tonight that it, it seemed to work pretty well. Yeah, this is uh, – we literally text about this, Mike. This is my favorite starting uh, unit, especially – I was really wanting Dorian and Seth to start. Uh, in my mind, I was wanting Maxi to start over Dwight, but I just didn't think Rick was going to ever do that. So I had been pushing, like, okay, well, let's just get Seth and Dorian in there with Dwight uh, to go along with KP and, and Luca. But obviously we're all in on Maxi starting it over Dwight. He yeah. should get those minutes over him. I thought Maxi played just an incredible game. I, I know he missed some open threes. He missed six threes tonight. Some of those corner threes, you want them to go down, but his defense on Siakam was absolutely incredible. He made him uncomfortable the whole night. Siakam could just, he never could get in his groove. If Maxi can be that guy, like you even saw towards the end of the game, I was watching some of these last possessions. I love seeing matchups in last possessions uh, more than the first of game, you know, at the beginning tip off and stuff. But Dorian was guarding Van Vliet in some of these possessions, and they had Maxi on and Siakam. That versatility of being able to put somebody like Maxi, I know Siakam plays before, but being able to put Maxi on some of these bigger wings, being able to put Dorian on some of these point guards. Like Fred Van Vliet isn't a tall, big point guard that you would compare him to some of these other you know, people in the league. So just their versatility defensively, I love having those two on the floor, and I can't praise Maxie enough for his defense tonight. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was great. Um, yeah, and that starting lineup, what were they? They were 8 of 30 from three. So nobody really in the starting five really really shooting that the ball super and, well. And, Rick, you saw, I, I think – Except Curry, one, he was 3 of 5. But. You know, the, obviously they've lost two in a row heading into this, you know, first of four home games here in a row now. Uh, and it, obviously this Raptors team has been playing really well. But I don't know. I don't know what these minute distributions look like moving forward. Is this a Rick Carlisle thing saying we really, really want to win this game? But all the all the starters in this game played over thirty minutes. Yeah. You saw kind of a shortened rotation a little bit of only three players off the bench getting double digit minutes, and then outside of that, Brunson played eight and Justin Jackson four. Um, with Dwight Powell fourteen minutes, Delon and Tim Hardaway at nineteen each. But yeah, everybody, all five starters over thirty minutes tonight. I haven't looked at the past, uh, what, 11 games before this, but uh, I would assume that that hasn't happened at in any game this year that yeah. five starters have logged over 30 minutes. So I don't know if it's a Carlos saying, hey, I'm just going to ride these guys because this is I re- we're really going to win this tonight. I'm not going to share the minutes throughout. Or is it something they actually found tonight? Is this something that's going to happen moving forward of 
not just a set starting unit, but a shortened rotation like that. Yeah, that's that's a really good point that they played a lot of minutes together, and they all those guys individually played a lot, and that's that's a good sign for for those guys. Those are the guys that a lot of us, especially on you know Mavs Twitter and us on this podcast, we really like those guys and want to see them play more minutes. So the only ones that didn't play a lot that we kind of like are Delon Wright. He only played nineteen, but that was the most off the bench, and then Jalen Brunson only playing eight was kind of tough, but. Uh, Luca played almost 36 minutes. So if you're mirroring those guys' minutes, then you know that kind of makes sense because those are the only minutes really available for him. If you're going to do the, hey, know, give me the minute, give me the minute split of Maxi at 38 minutes and Dwight Powell at 14. Complete change from last game, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Complete change, which which is a, a good thing to see in my opinion. Um, and okay, so. Coming up, we're going to get into how the Mavs started. I thought they start they started pretty rough, and then they got into it, went on a 13-0 run, and I think that it, was, uh, it was sparked by Porzingis. So let's get into that coming up. All right, Isaac. So I mentioned that the Mavs they started out kind of rough. They took a timeout with you know 9 minutes and 30 seconds left in the first quarter. They were down 10-3, and then after that, they just ripped off this, this 13-0 run. And Porzingis was really attacking the boards. And mm. I, I think that's important for him to just – he said at the end of the game, too, to Skin, he said, I tried to do things other than scoring. I tried to do some other things. I tried to play good defense. He had that really good possession on Marc Gasol towards the end there. He had 15 boards in the game, which is massive for him. He was averaging, you know, in, in New York and even in with the Mavs, like six, seven boards a game. And 15 is huge. It's a big number for him. And I thought that it was massive. He had a couple of putbacks early. And then... uh Maxi and Dorian doing things other than just taking spot up corner threes, you know, pump fake and and drive into the lane. They had a couple of moves like that at the beginning too, which was part of that run. And I think just doing that helps this team breathe a little bit more than just sticking to their rigid, you know, Porzingis only, you know, does pick and pops. Porzingis only does pick and rolls. Porzingis only has his post-ups that no one likes right now. Uh, Maxi and Dorian only spot up in, in the corners. Like when those guys are able to do other things like that, um, it helps this team breathe a lot more on offense. And I think you, you saw that in the first quarter in that run. Yeah. With Porzingis, I was really curious on how he was going to respond coming out of the next game, you know, just first game, you know, he was just excited to get on the court again and just get that game past every, everybody, the team and everything. But, um, I thought he responded really well in the game. I thought he was, I mean, he dove on the floor for that ball, really hustling out yeah. there. He, yeah, you said 15 boards on the night. It seemed like he, there for a stretch, it felt like he was pulling down every single rebound. You know, the post stops, yeah, at this, this point, I think we just got to abandon ship. <laughs> um, he had a couple moves, though, that weren't post ups that were the same get the ball kind of deep in the post, but then just the, the pivot, turn around pull up for a jumper. Like those shots I yeah. think are still good because he's so close to the basket, but to just give him dump him dump it down to him to have him make a move, he just he's not really good at that right now. And for some yeah, reason he, maybe it's still coming back from injury, maybe it's just getting his rhythm, but he's just he's those are just not falling for him. He had that um he had a play that kind of mirrored exactly the play he had against Blake Griffin. Really, I think it was his first bucket. Um on the road, I guess was a preseason, whatever, uh, where he got it in the, in the post and kind of one foot faded a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the Blake Griffin the bucket <laughs> that we <laughs> yeah, talk about Blake all Griffin the time. Uh, but you know, he had one of those tonight. But the play that we both texted about, some people tweeted about it, was this 
It was the design player for, for Porzingis. Yeah. He crawled around. They got him the ball on the move, moving to the basket. And I was already – I was just excited before he even scored. Like, I didn't even care if he scored at that point. I'm like, thank God. Like, this is the type of play – I want to say it was in the second quarter. Second quarter, four minutes, 15 seconds. KP was on the left block, and he came around a screen, and then he curled back into the lane. Luca threw it down to him, and then – KP missed the initial shot, but then he put he put back his own shot because he was right there, and his defender was behind him, which is another advantage to this, you know, to to having him move off the ball and to do other things and just spot up is that he can get position for, you know, putbacks of his own shot, or if Luca decides to pull up from there, he's in position to rebound too. So it's just stuff like that that I think Carlisle is starting to get, and we're just yeah, it's it's positive for Porzingis. Yeah, just the fact that he was moving downhill in a way, you know, he caught the ball where he was kind of going horizontal, but he was, you know, he was curling around. He was shifting back towards the basket. They get him the ball on the run, a 7-3 guy with just his movement. And yeah, he missed the first shot, but got it you know, in the basket. That's the stuff I would love to see more with Porzingis. Uh, I'm not worried about the the shooting. You know, he was one for seven on threes tonight. A couple of them are just wide open threes that you know, those shots are automatic. You know, you're sitting there telling yourself, all right, that's good. And he misses it. That'll come back around. I'm not worried at all about that. Uh, even though, yeah, he should be making those, but I, yeah, I really liked what I saw from Porzingis tonight. I love what I saw from Maxi. that front court together as many minutes as we can get them together. If we're going to play a front court player with Porzingis, I love, I still like to see Porzingis more at the five some, uh, with Dorian at the four, but they tried that in the yeah. second quarter. They they rolled out, you know, Porzingis. It was Justin Jackson, <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr., and then the two, you know, bench guards. I thought that that was kind of a weird lineup to start. And then Toronto went on a 7-0 run <laughs> immediately when they tried that. But yeah, a different starting a different lineup with Porzingis at the 5. I love I love when Justin Jackson uh does get into the game because you know he's going to get some shots up because I mean, he played 4 minutes and he got four shots up in 4 minutes. So, uh you know, I mean, that's that's his best trait is scoring the basketball when he's in there, and uh, he had a little patent floater there. But I know there's some people really pushing for him to crack the rotation, and right now I you don't see it happening for a bit. It doesn't look like. Yeah, I think that they're settling into what this rotation is going to be, and it seems like he's on the outside, and he just he doesn't do anything else besides side score you know and that and he needs to develop some of those other aspects of his game if he wants to make some you know get some minutes with this team I mean, even Jalen Brunson who does other things besides score and is not shooting the ball really well right now he's not getting minutes so Nick can you defend Tim Hardaway too two of 11 from the field tonight <laughs> no I cannot I cannot defend I him. honestly don't want to talk too much about it because no, this, uh, this was a good win and he had I three assists. enjoy this <laughs> So and we talked about Tim Hardaway. Uh, I've gotten a plethora of tweets saying, "Please do not let Tim Hardaway off the hook tonight on tonight's podcast." Uh, we're not. I just don't want to waste time talking it's the same, about it. It's the same thing again. I mean, yes. it's his shot selection. Uh, Carlisle played him less. Uh, Harp had that incredible quote that I tweeted. Uh, you can check my Twitter at Nick Van Exit. Um, that I got tipped off to. I missed it the first time around, but someone tipped it off to me, and I very much appreciate whoever this anonymous person was that tweet that texted Somebody it to me. Somebody did. Uh, Jeff Skin Wade said, "You know, the the Mavericks really like to play Jalen Brunson, Delon Wright, and Tim Hardaway Jr. together. They really like those three on the floor. They've had some good minutes together." And Harp chimes in and goes, two really intelligent players." <laughs> 
That's a great clip. He pauses too, and then he kind of mumbles. He kind of hesitates. Two really intelligent players. But we have no clue. Who, who knows two. who? Hey, who knows who the two players are? But it's two of Jalen Brunson, Delon Wright, who they were just beaming about. So we're gonna we're gonna guess Delon Wright is in there, and then Tim Hardaway Jr. So what a great quote! Two out of three. I love harp. Two of those. I, I love the harp things. I love the harp little idiosyncrasies. I would much rather have harp than Tommy Claude Hine, Drexler, Tommy Heinsohn, or yeah, whoever the Rockets guys are right now. Those guys mm. just annoy me. Yeah, Tommy yeah. Heinsohn. I'm in. Oof. I'm in. Um, all right. Uh, so going into the second, yeah, they, they were, were trying, they're messing around with some lineups. And um, then immediately after the Toronto went on that 7 0 run, Carlisle just benched Dwight Brunson and Justin Jackson. And that was kind of it for Justin Jackson. And uh, Brunson played a little bit more after that. And that's when Porzingis came back in with Luca. And they took Luca out in the third quarter. Shocking, <laughs> you know, he didn't know, uh, you know, going into the third quarter. Obviously, this was a huge talking point of uh, Mavs Twitter after that game the other night. I have the I have never we've done this for almost three years now with this podcast specifically. And I covered the Mavs a little bit before that, too. I have never had more people tweet me a thing than and it was I also kind of asked for it because I said I don't understand why people think that Carlisle benched Luca. Benched was the, was the incorrect word, I guess. But there are some people that did say that he got benched. It was not the majority of Mavs Twitter. It was a lot of people, uh, a good deal, a good number of people that said he got benched. But they were wondering why in the Knicks game that Carlisle played Luka the entire third quarter and then brought him out with five minutes or so or six minutes left in the fourth quarter and wondered why that he couldn't just adjust the minutes and there was no flexibility in his minutes. And... Like Isaac was joking about at the beginning of the podcast, he joking. I wasn't joking. He, he changed what are you it. Talking about he changed it and and played him a little bit more. But there was emphasis in this game that they really wanted to win. They were playing these guys a lot more. Luca, his minutes were about the same as they normally are. Um, probably a little bit more than than normal. But yeah, the rest of the guys they also played a ton of minutes. But yeah, he changed he changed the the rotation a little bit, and I guess it worked. I mean, the Maverick the Mavericks still were within like two points that in the fourth quarter at one point after they put Luca back in. So, yeah. Okay. So obviously I, I, I we, we skipped really far ahead, but I had a little fun with it at, at the beginning, but this is the <clears throat> kind of slight adjustment that you can make on an, I still think the foundation of uh, that minute structure is going to still take place of the first and third uh, quarters and, you know, kind of half and of it was each, essentially but, the same, but, yeah, it was essentially saying, but they, you know, they took Luca and Porzingis out towards the end of the third. There, let the bench unit ride it out. They started the fourth, had Porzingis start the fourth, and they waited to like the eight, well, I think fourteen, fifteen minute mark, something eight, eight fifteen left in the fourth or whatever it is, and brought Luca back in. Normally, it was around the six minute mark. <sighs> Was it the key to the victory? No. no. Sorry, it, it, it wasn't at all. But I think in it's one of those things in some games, I think you know you can do that. Or he you know, he might do that, he can do that. Um I yeah, I, I just think it was it was blown way out of proportion last game. Uh but the bench I think it just depends on some of these nights and uh, the the unit that was in there before Luca came back in that had Porzingis on the floor uh, also, I thought, you know, that unit with DeLon Wright and them, they played really, really well. Yeah, they was, had the lead when Brunson, Luca came back it was in. Brunson, DeLon, Tim Hardaway Jr., 
Dwight Powell and Porzingis, and they went on a 10-0 run at the beginning of the, from from the end of the the third to the the beginning of the fourth. Yeah, so I mean they had they had the uh, they had the lead when Luca came back in in the fourth, and you know he obviously played the, a couple more minutes in that, but. Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about rotation stuff. Yeah, but. DeLon also in that stretch, that 10-0 run we just talked about at the beginning of the fourth, DeLon had an incredible sequence where he got fouled, went to the free throw line. He had that putback on that, that long three where he just ran in and just you yeah. know, it seemed like he tipped the ball straight up in the air and it somehow went back down. Um, and then he had the transition layup off of, I think it was his tipped ball. It could have been Hardaway Jr.'s tipped ball. They were, they were so close in the play, and it was a bad vantage point from where we saw it. But that transition layup then at the, the end of that run, uh, he had just some great moments. And I hope he gets some more run, but, you know, Carlisle decided to do what he decided to do tonight. He does so many of the little things well. You know, he's not going to hit four or five threes in a game. That's just not his thing. He's not going to go in and dunk on somebody that's not his thing. Apparently no one is going to hit four or five threes on this team ever again, so... <laughs> um oh you're going about but, sorry i interrupted you, know, you people hate when i interrupt you Especially no you froze also oh so i was waiting for it to unfreeze but we're having some weird technical Skype. difficulties recently so sorry yeah it's awesome um but you know I, I made a note in the third quarter when they when they were going on that run uh, Luca had some big plays that just the team in general had that big run in the third. I think it was right in the middle of the third, uh, second half of the third quarter. And in my head, I was wondering, I'm like, all right, here we go. We're going to get this all over again. If he plays the whole third <laughs> and he sets out some of the four, but I also made a note of it too, saying, man, they're going on this big run right now. What you have to pick and choose where you want to use these minutes on the bench. So do you want Carlisle to in the middle of a big run to just pull Luca and say, you know what? We're going to take you out. Even though we're on, you know, on fire right now, we're on this run, we're going to pull you right now because we want to play you 10 minutes in the fourth. No, he left him in there. Now, obviously, he took him out with two minutes left in the, th- in the third still. But it, that was in my head. I'm like, I, I know right now. After the game the other day, the fourth quarter is the most important quarter in the entire game. So why is he not out there for you know majority of the quarter? And so anyway, I think um, tonight I don't think rotations are going to be talked about a lot, but we'll see. You know, on Monday night if it's reversed or something, it could be a talking point again. Yeah, for sure. All right, coming up, let's get into the end of the game, and then Luca. Obviously, we we'll talk about him: twenty six points, fifteen boards, seven assists, tons of free throws. So we'll get into that coming up next. All right, Isaac. So Luka Doncic, nineteen free throw attempts in this game. That was the that's the fourth most in a single game so far this season. Uh, obviously, like Harden and Giannis, I think are at the top of that. I tweeted out the link if you want to go look at the other ones that have had a bunch of. Oh, Anthony Davis had that crazy twenty seven free throw game. Um, so he had a Ooh, yeah. bunch of free throws. The free throws were really what what helped save them in this game. I think, uh, especially Luca's, but he was he was earning them. I thought I don't think I don't I didn't think a lot of them were just you know BS calls and you know where he was driving in, but he he really put pressure on the Raptors defense. And when they didn't have Marcus Saul in there, he was getting to the lane. And I even made a note of this in the second quarter, the first quarter. Luca had a ton of success getting to the rim. As soon as they took Gasol out, he was getting his little floater game in. He was getting fouled. He was going to the line. He just had a lot of success being able to do that because. 
Raptors try to funnel things into Gasol, and when he's not in there, they have Chris Boucher, you know, or somebody else. They don't have Ibaka to be their backup five. So Luca was really doing that. Luca, I thought, also in this game had he had some bad live ball turnovers, and I thought he had some wild yeah. shots too, especially early. I think he kind of reined it in in the fourth quarter. He was five of fourteen from the field, um, one of five from three. He had that crazy step back three that he just—I mean—he missed the. <laughs> I think the ball missed the paint. Like, it didn't even hit the paint when it came down. Just a couple of, of crazy plays, and then he was he was hunting assists there in the fourth quarter. I think he was he had, he finished with seven, and he you know needed three more for another triple double. But yeah, that that's the stuff that you kind of got to watch out for. But you'll take the the good and the bad for sure with him. I mean, well, no question. I think Tim McMahon tweeted this after the game. I have to check, but talking about this is what great players do. When they hunt assists, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, when they're not feeling it, and the fact that Luca could get to 26 points tonight and he just wasn't feeling it offensively as far as shots go. I mean, yeah, you said he shot 35% for the field, one of five uh, from three, and he still ended with 26 points. This is what stars do they get to the free throw line, not just get there, but they're they're. What's the word I'm going for? They real. What's the better word for realize? Cognizant, I guess. They're cognizant of the idea, that- uh, uh, of the fact that hey, I'm not feeling it tonight, so yeah, I need to get yeah. to. Okay, I need to get to the line. And I was just uh, looking up some of his free throw numbers. He set career highs when it came to free throws tonight. His previous career high for free throw attempts in a game uh, was back in January of this year, where he shot 16 a game against Phoenix. And uh, back last year, the most he's made in a game is 12 uh, against Atlanta. So, yeah, he's 15 of 19 from the free throw line this year. And I mean, this year in this game. So just the fact that, I mean, we, we talk about this a lot, but I don't know if anyone knows this. Luca's 20. So <laughs> <laughs> just the fact that Luca is just 20 years old. Give me and some more like, stats, stuff that he's done under the age of, of 20. Give me some more stats on that. I didn't. I wondered who was responsible for telling Reggie Miller that Luca was 20 the other day because he said he was 20 about a million times more than Donkic. You mean Luca Donkic? Yeah. Luca Don, <laughs> Donkic is 20. You're like, wow, I didn't know Donkic was 20 also because I know Luka Doncic is 20. Ooh, get, um, him, get him. Are they twins? But, no, I mean, yeah, just that he's he's 20, he's already a star in the league, and he's already at the point in his career offensively that he realizes, I'm not really feeling it right now, and I'm going to get to the line. A shot that, you know, when he pumps fa- pump fakes Siakam on a step back three, gets him in the air, that's three free throws. So good. You know, if he was feeling a little bit or if he felt more confident, he might have launched that. But I don't know. But it just seemed like, yeah, he was getting to the paint. and He also yeah. took a kind of a weird angle to draw that, and he couldn't really get a clean shot off. So <laughs> No. Tried. It so. was a perfect you're shot right, attempt, right, and right. Siakam just blocked. I got to give him more credit. <laughs> uh, so Seth Curry in this game finished with 15 points, six boards, five assists, one steal, one block. The entire starting lineup had, I think, what was it, 17, 18 what? assists I think they finished with. Oh. Yeah, I'm trying to count them in my head. Yeah, uh, yeah, 17 or 18 assists, 18, which, which yeah. I thought was solid that everybody had at least two in the starting lineup. They were passing the ball around, and they had that incredible, you know, spin all the way around the the uh, 
the three point line and hit Curry in the corner for a three. I thought that was oh my gosh! And the play before play. that was incredible too. Just ball movement. All they went all around to the corner, all the way back. Dorian drove, hit Porzingis right underneath the basket for a dunk. They had a sequence there of two three plays where if somebody just tuned in for this game on League Pass and they just watched those three plays, they would put Dallas in the finals tomorrow in their predictions. But <laughs> it, it just it looks so good. It. Yeah, there's obviously still wrinkles they got to figure out with Porzingis offensively and stuff. And uh, I think once they set on a rotation and set minutes on some of these things, I think that'll be good for them. But yeah, it was a fun. I mean, you tweeted this out and I'm laughing about it, but the Mavericks shot under 24% from the three point line. I I know. (laughs) I did this whole rant on on the post-game pod after the Knicks game where you can't win games when you shoot like this and the Mavericks go out and they win a game where they shoot 9 of 30, 39 from 3. They missed uh, 33s again. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they were 27 of 33 from the line. That's where you make it up. You have to make it up in yeah. other areas. And in the, in the Knicks game, they didn't make it up in enough areas. Uh, how many assists did they finish with as a team? 24? 24 on 37 made shots. That's a pretty good ratio, I think. Yeah. So they made it up with passing. They made it up with getting to the line, you know, uh, pre- pre- preventing the, the Raptors. What did the Raptors finish from three? They were, yeah, 41%, 17 of 41. Yeah. I mean, they were bombing. They're they shooting really well. They're 50% at halftime, I think. If there's another team in the league that Rick Carlisle, if you had to pick like three teams in the league that Rick Carlisle, if he had a choice, and he's like, hey, you can't coach the Mavericks anymore. You can pick one of three teams in the league. This I've, would be one of his top choices. I've got one. The number one answer for this question, the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, just all those guys that are just hungry to you know, do anything the coach says, take charges, you know, shoot, bomb a bunch of threes. Devontae uh, Graham is a smaller guard that he can just play with Terry Rozier. Two small guards he can play at the same time? Come on. Insane. <laughs> Yeah, that would be his team because and there's no superstar personalities on there. He can dictate yeah. every single play that is. I mean, that would be his. I just feel like this Toronto <laughs> team. They do, they do. It feels like they do go out and target certain dudes at least as far as their main rotation goes. And uh, I like Terrence Davis coming into the draft. Uh, Old Miss guy or Southern Miss. I could get one of those wrong, but um, who in the crap is Matt Thomas? So I mean I feel like I <laughs> he hit a three and Harp goes that's a shooter right there I'm like Harp you've never seen him play before stop it Harp are you pulling the white guy's a shooter sneaky <laughs> <laughs> athletic too um but no I mean I feel like I follow college basketball decently and I have not a clue who Matt Thomas uh, is but anyway Fred Van Vliet he's so much better than what I thought he was going to be coming into it that's that's who I want Brunson to be long term. Is Fred Van Vliet in? He's like yeah. bigger JJ Barea, really. Yeah, he's gosh, he's so good. But um, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, their bench is whatever. But Marcus Siakam, I well, love yeah, OG. Like, like you said at the beginning, they're dealing with a lot of injuries too. Lowry's out, Serge Ibaka's out, dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, Norman that was before Powell, we hit record, Nick. <laughs> sorry, Norman Powell turned into like Kobe Bryant in the middle of that game. I mean, he was just hitting everything, and he was going to the line. He was. He was is that their three. Tim Hardaway? I don't think so. I don't think he takes as many wild shots. Okay. I also don't remember him being that good from the three point line, but he did. He was six for I mean, eight. He, I, he was just hot. I mean, six of eight. That's that's just scorching. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You go. You look at how they played Siakam tonight. And that 
huge going into this game. I mean, you you hold him to he played forty one minutes tonight. See, Occam did, and you hold him to fifteen points. He was six of twenty four uh, from the field, two of ten from three. Incredible, a lot of that to Maxi, you know, some to Dorian too. But Tim McMahon got a good quote from Maxi after the game about guarding Siakam. And I can't believe I said that. Okay. He said, uh, Maxi Kleba was Mavs primary defender on Raptors star, Pascal Siakam, who's held to 15 points on six of 24 from the field. That's a classic Kobe Bryant shooting percentage right there. I think that's what he shot in game seven of that Celtic series in the finals. <laughs> six of 24. He said, Maxi said, quote, that's why I was just in the cold tub for 10 minutes. <laughs> Cause he was on Siakam. <laughs> But yeah, I thought he played him really well. I thought Dorian also had some good plays on him, good defensive plays on him as well. It's tough to stop Siakam, but there's certain things you can do. You can hold him to certain places on the floor, not let him get by you, hold your ground. Uh, he didn't hit, he didn't get his spin move off very often, uh, yeah. which you can do if, if you keep your arms out. I think you can you can hold him from uh, getting his spin move off because he tries to use your body against you. Um, yeah, just thought that they did pretty well on Siakam. So anything Is else? There any- no. What I just want, I know we're gonna talk. I know we're gonna talk about the uh, Spurs tomorrow. Yeah. But is there any reason why this starting lineup should not start on Monday night? If they think that the three point shooting is indicative of maybe the personnel and not just of bad luck. Okay. I don't want to get into matches. We'll talk more about that on uh, Sunday night slash Monday morning's pod. But this is the first uh, game of a four game home home stand. And, yeah, we're calling it right now. They're going to win four in a row at home, and this is going to be huge. Let's go. Let's call it. Call the shots, Isaac. We're calling it right now. I mean, obviously, you're more confident now that you beat Toronto. and That was the hardest one. (laughs) After after San Antonio uh, is the Warriors, who I think you might be suiting up. I know I'm suiting up, but I don't know if I'm active that night. I'm the ringer. Um, (laughs) But um, the Warriors come to town on Wednesday, who just lost D'Angelo Russell. And then the Cavs come to town uh, on Friday, who they've already beaten this year. But yeah, four game homestand at home. They just spent a week away from home for the most part. Now they get uh, a week at home, so that that should be good. If you live in Dallas, here's your chance, man. Come to one of these games yeah. at home. It's going to be a fun, uh, fun homestand, and uh, hopefully you see uh, some wins this week. For sure. There you go, guys. Appreciate you listening to this post game pod on a weekend. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. He's out. Boom. Boom.